This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal land, and this is The Full Story. This week, Independent Senator for the ACT, David Pocock, unveiled a bill that would require governments to consider the impact of climate harm on young people in their decision-making. My private senator's bill would legislate a duty of care to young people and future generations. So it would in force Parliament, Pocock is a kingmaker, with Labor relying on him to help pass much of their legislative agenda through the Senate. Persuade his fellow parliamentarians to refer his bill to the Environment Committee for further review, rather than rejecting the idea outright. We need more imagination when it comes to our future. There are huge opportunities when it comes to things like... But the idea for this bill was not the senators. It was a teenager's, 19-year-old Anjali Sharma. Today, Anjali Sharma on the fight to change Australia's climate laws. It's Thursday, the 3rd of August. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'll just get you to introduce yourself, actually, first, and however you'd like to be referred to, I suppose. Like, what title you would like if we gave you a title? Oh, formal. Okay, well, my name is Anjali Sharma. I'm 19 years old and I am a law student and climate advocate, originally from India, now living in Canberra. Anjali, can you tell me about heading to Parliament House on Monday? What were you there for and what was it like? On Monday, I was really excited to stand beside Independent Senator David Pocock as together we launched a campaign and a private senator's bill to establish that government has a duty of care to young people to protect us from the impacts of climate change. Anjali, the idea for this bill started forming a few years ago when you were very active in the school strike for climate movement. Can you tell me a bit about that? The school strike movement was so, so impactful and I think about it now and I think of how we managed to mobilise 200,000 people in the streets of Melbourne, so much so that the rally that we organised that day in 2019, the start of the rally had already done the entire loop before the end of the rally had even left the park because there were that many people. Right, you organised school strikes but... There was also uh, a lot of different levels to your activism. The last time I spoke to you, you were about to take the federal government to court with a group of other teenagers, school strikers, and a nun as well. And a nun. Can you remind us how you got involved in that class action and, and what it was about? Yeah, so... 
This class action came about through the school strike movement. There were seven of us strikers from different places in Australia who were all concerned that the government was finding it all too easy to pretend like they were negotiating with us and pretend like they saw our strikes and our activism in the streets, but still just continue as if it was business as usual. And we wanted a new and creative way, I guess, to really stick it to government and show them that we weren't going to take their lack of climate action lying down. And so in 2020, there was me and um, seven of my co-litigants who filed a case against the then Federal Environment Minister, Susan Lee, in the Federal Court of Australia, arguing that she owed and was breaching a duty of care to young people to protect us from the impacts of climate change. Students leading a class action against a coal mine extension in Australia had their first day of hearing on Tuesday. The landmark claim by a group of eight teenagers, all under the age of 18, argues that the expansion of Whitehaven's Vickery coal mine will contribute to climate change. And that Australia's environment... Can you break down that idea that was at the heart of this case and is now at the heart of your bill, a duty of care to protect young people from the climate crisis? How would that change the way that a government or any given minister would would act? The way that I see it, the decisions that are made every single day in Parliament House are the ones that are carefully crafting and shaping the future that will be handed to me and that will be handed to all people my age and younger than me and the generations to come. It's the the decisions that are being debated on right now that will have these flow-on effects that determine what my future looks like, that determine the frequency and severity of natural disaster that I will be expected to live my life in. And so this duty of care concept really states that the decisions that are being made, the fossil fuels that are that are being debated, the fossil fuel expansions that are being approved under our legislation. These debates and approvals really need to have the health and well-being of young people as a paramount consideration. All of these debates can't leave young people out any longer as they have for so long. They've centred around economic considerations and they've centred around all of these discussions about the amazing opportunities that come with that new gas expansion or that new coal mine. But they've completely and very conveniently ignored the fact that the more we export, the more we mine, the more we burn, the worse and worse our future is projected to be. And that's what this bill and that's what that court case really spoke to. Is the hope that a duty of care would mean that an environment minister can't approve a fossil fuel project, any fossil fuel projects going forward, or would it just make it a bit harder? It absolutely wouldn't function as a blanket ban, and I think that that's one of the arguments that was used so widely during our court case and is going to be used and weaponised against this bill. It's not a ban on fossil fuel projects. It's just putting into law that the health and well-being of young people should be a paramount consideration. The federal court ruled in favour of the eight teenagers that Environment Minister Susan Lee had a duty of care to protect young people from the future impact of climate change when approving coal projects. <laughs> this is so important to me because it's our future. We're trying to get the federal environment minister... In 2021, the federal court did rule in your favour in that case and it found that the government does have a duty to protect young people from the climate crisis. That was a world first, right? What was that moment like and what did that mean for you? It was 
absolutely a world first. And I'd like to tell you that the moment was just amazing and it felt like, you know, like the birds were singing, the sky was blue. But really, like if you have ever sat in court before, you'll know that they speak in legalese. And so as a 16-year-old, I was like, what happened? Someone tell me what happened. Because <laughs> I had no idea. But when I finally got that briefing and that rundown, that was just like the two simple words, we won. It was truly amazing and it felt like I was a part of history. And I think that... Another thing was that as a young person, an attitude shared between a lot of us is that of climate anxiety. We see the wealth of news about how bad the future climate is projected to be. You know, just recently, 21 of the 30 hottest days on record have occurred in July alone, and that's terrifying to me. But being part of this court case and knowing that we'd made that tangible impact really helped to assuage that guilt and to make me feel like I was doing my part to make sure that my future was as safe as livable and livable as possible. You say tangible impact. Did this ruling change any decisions that the then Environment Minister would have made? It had the potential to, but unfortunately that ruling was alive for all of two months before the then government, the Liberal government, announced that they would be using taxpayer money to take eight children back to the federal court to appeal this ruling. And unfortunately, that decision was then overturned on appeal. And the duty of care, as of now, does not exist in Australian law. But this is what me and Senator Pocock are hoping to change. When we heard the words, the court will not be imposing this duty of care, there was just this, it felt like the temperature in the room dropped. Like, it just felt like everyone's hearts collectively plummeted. And I remember there, there being tears and, you know, pained hugs and even our lawyers were absolutely distraught because we'd spent two years of our lives just giving everything that we had into this court case. And we were young people who didn't know the first thing about the legal system, but here we were jumping on Zoom calls after school and helping draft affidavits and getting media briefings. The ruling in that appeal case was very lengthy, but in short, why was the appeal successful? The biggest reason was that the court was of the belief that it wasn't their role to establish this duty of care and that should a duty of care exist, it was one to be implemented through parliament and not through the judiciary. That I kind of interpreted as a mandate then to, to approach politicians and to ask them, hey, if the court isn't going to do this and if we're seeing this amount of climate science that is showing that my future is going to be characterised by natural disaster increasing in frequency and severity, what are you going to do about it? How can we work together? Next from the federal court to teaming up with the senator in federal parliament. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. 
So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. So how did you come to team up with Senator Pocock? After I graduated high school and finally had some time on my hands, I began doing some research into how this duty of care could potentially exist under statutory law and what that could look like, what scope that could have, which legislation it could fit under. And once I had a decent amount of research built up after meetings with NGOs and environmental lawyers and policy experts in this area... I essentially did just start firing off emails to a few politicians. This was just after the 2022 election when we'd had that amazing teal wave that had seen climate-focused independence pushed into our parliament, those who had climate action as a policy priority, and it was quite heartening, and I was really keen to explore the options to work with some of these politicians to push this bill further. So this is a private member's bill put forward by Senator Pocock. Bills like this are rarely successful and this one will face an uphill battle as it would need Labor to support a bill that would restrict their own powers to approve fossil fuel projects. What is your your message to Labor? You're right, private member's bills do rarely pass, but I found... (sighs) looking into the political arena that Senator Pocock has had a really good and really constructive relationship with the Labor Party. And same goes for the crossbench as a whole. It absolutely is a new way of doing politics. There's a lot less of that infighting and that drama that we've seen in the political arena in recent years. It's been so much more productive and the narratives coming out on climate action have been so heartening as a young person. My message is quite simple. In fact, someone in my in, on my Twitter thread said it the best. Um, when I tweeted about this, someone replied and said, come on, Tanya, don't be a Susan. And that's, that's my message, is that we've seen the coalition ardently fight against the fact that they should have to care for young people, which is just so... It should go unsaid. It should go unsaid that your role as a politician is to hand over the earth in the best way possible to young people who will then take it forward and do the same for the next generation. As politicians, that is your biggest role, in my in my opinion. And so to have this duty of care into legislation, it would really plug a policy gap that shouldn't exist in the first place. This bill... Aside, we are in a very different political environment than the last time I spoke to you. The Albanese government is vowing to act on climate and they are distancing themselves from the inaction of previous coalition governments. What do you think of what they have pledged so far and their actions so far? The narrative that we've seen coming out of the Labour Party has been incredibly heartening. Like I said, it's been, it's just the sense of relief that you get when you hear your government say we are taking action on climate change we are we are going to stop this for young people for future generations for people in frontline communities amazing unfortunately the actual action has been a little bit less heartening i think the approvals of coal mines such as the Isaac River coal mine or the the Ensham coal mine under our environmental laws 
was much less optimistic and just recently the decision to provide $1.5 billion to the middle arm gas development in the Northern Territory, the juxtaposing of this rhetoric with this continued expansion of fossil fuel production and exploration, it's frustrating as a young person because the motivation is so clearly there but the ambition isn't and again I guess that's what this bill wants to do it's giving the government an opportunity to scale up their ambition. It does seem that actions like yours are becoming more common we're seeing more young people and climate affected communities taking matters into their own hands taking governments to court you know there are Torres Strait Islanders suing the Australian government right now as well some people might be skeptical though about the power these cases can have what do you think about these types of cases being launched around the world well if i take you back to to my case and the fact that it was overturned and, you know, ostensibly didn't make an impact at all, I think that the long-standing impact is actually very clearly demonstrated because I still get people coming up to me and saying, oh, I studied your case in my legal class, oh, I did my presentation on your legal case, and also... My court case, even though it was unsuccessful in establishing a duty of care, the full court of the federal court still accepted the climate science as put to them without any sort of contestation. They accepted that climate change was a very real threat and that it was anthropogenic and that it was going to have a very severe impact on young people and future generations. That's something that was absolutely groundbreaking and will be used in climate cases going forward. I think every single court case, whether it's successful or not, pushes the needle on climate action. And that's what my case did. That's what the next case will do. And the one after that, and the ones being taken, the ones taking place in jurisdictions all over the world. Climate and environmental law is becoming so much more of a relevant and a very creative way to push climate action and there's this sense of legal inevitability now that you can only rule against cases for a certain amount of time as we all keep shifting the needle together there's going to be cases that will get through and there's going to be instances in which government is held accountable by the courts. Senator Pocock is due to introduce this bill to parliament in the coming days. In response to questions from The Guardian about this bill, a spokesperson for climate change and energy minister, Chris Bowen, says, we acknowledge Senator Pocock's long-standing advocacy on climate change. Last year, we, with broad support across parliament, not only legislated our 2030 and 2050 targets through the Climate Change Act, we also changed 15 other acts to make those targets relevant to government schemes and institutions. To get the latest on this story, head to theguardian.com. This episode was produced by me and James Milsom, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.